bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. It's August already. God. I mean, can you even? No. August 20 fucking 21. 2021. August 2021. Wow. Wow. Still in the pandemic. Oh, it's uh it's taken a it's <laughs> taken a taken a turn. We're on the uh, we're in the variant pandemic yeah, now. We're in the Greek alphabet. We're, we're in, in the fraternity sorority pandemic. Oh yeah, we're in the yep, we're in the yeah. alphabet. I mean, we're trying not to join. We're well, trying not to join. They're really trying to they're they're pushing us hard in rush. <laughs> But we're just, hard. we're just, we don't think we're going to get into the Greek system. No, you know? it's just, I don't think so. I hope not. I actually kind of don't, you know what? I was never in the Greek system. So you're not going to join now. I guess I won't join now. I mean, well, I just keep I was, thinking maybe that's why they don't want me. I was a Kappa Kappa Gamma. I know. And they seem to have skipped over Gamma. <laughs> yeah, they and have. went from, gone from Delta right. to Lambda, but we're not sure. And they, Lambda, they should want me, but they don't. They should all want you. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm making it very hard for them. We're not interested. We're not interested. <laughs> no. We're not going to join. We're not going to join this time around. You're not going to find me. You're not going to find me with no taste and no, no s- hearing and no well, eyes. Well, it doesn't matter now because we're on a fucking cleanse <laughs> yeah. where we aren't eating. We're on a juice fast. Yes. For, we are on a three-day juice fast, and I have the most energy I have in so long. <laughs> and it's, we're on day two. <laughs> <laughs> we can thank Julie <laughs> Lang specifically because she sent us a bottle of Vuv yeah. for our four-year anniversary of our Patreon mm. podcast. Wow. Four years ago this week, we did our very first Patreon. We When we started, we only did one podcast a week. Wow. And then two years in, we transitioned to two podcasts a week. It feels like four. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> sure does. And Julie Lang... Mm sent us a bottle of Vuv, which sent us on a bender. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't have fun on the bender. No, it's, it was totally fun. Totally, totally fun. Nothing like a bender kicking it off with Vuv. No, I mean, if, I mean, if, the, 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 once you start with that, I mean, then it's that's the problem. Now you're like, whoa, yeah. I'm celebrating my presidential win or whatever. And now you're just celebrating because it's celebratory. Well, we and we were looking for the high dollar drugs. Oh, right. Everything needed to be the upper echelon. Of upper echelon. You know, we weren't we weren't in the street drug category. <laughs> no. So and she also sent us our favorite gift, even more than adult <laughs> treats. A giant package of Kleenex. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of Kleenex. We were, we were rolling, throwing them on the bed like we've just won the lottery. 
We love. We're rolling Kleenex. around. We were we were doing this, you know, like they do that with money. Yeah, making with, it rain. Yeah, we were making it rain with yeah. Kleenex. We were, and um, you know the kids do in the strip clubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, mm-hmm. when was the last time we were in a strip club? I know. I think I do too. Okay, when? New Orleans. Yep, but what year? Oh, um, I don't know. 2019. Oh, okay. January 19th, 2019. Oh, that was, oh. On my birthday. Oh. Oh, God, the good old days before the <laughs> pandemic. I mean, it's poor New Orleans. They just must be fucking, mm, 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 that's just not a place that needs a pandemic. No, no. That not entire, I mean, that whole city exists on crowds yeah and tourists it's just mm, oh mm, we mm, love mm. we well we will go spend our dollars there oh when we're back up when the pandemic is over like for real right which it'll never be over now yeah but um well maybe that's where we'll go die <laughs> yeah you know exactly I mean? <laughs> exactly we'll go die from other causes from other self-inflicted causes if only jim and scott mm. still listen jim oh and jim mm. would hook us up mm-hmm. with the airbnb the that boat. he hooked yep. us up that with was great Come on, Jim. Yep. You're not, we know you're not listening, but we still love you. <laughs> Tell Alex Beard to give us a ring. Yep. And we want to stay in his mansion. Beautiful. In, in the, the gar- pink. In the garden fucking, district. Ugh. In the pink elephant. In the, in the pink the- elephant. Yep. Well, thank you, Julie. We are now, we did the Patreon podcast and you were like, we need to go on a cleanse. And I was like, <laughs> no, let's keep partying for one more week. Uh-huh. And then I just was like, I, you just got it in my head that oh, we just good. had well. to stop. So. We're now on a fucking fast. It's not even, we're not, we haven't even started the cleanse, which is right. our normal cleanse mm-hmm. where we take all the herbs. Right. We take six herbs, six different types of herbs. Right. All day for three weeks. Yeah. Which is really annoying, but I really wanted to do a cleanse cause I felt like something, I just got to figure out like what the allergy is or mm-hmm. what the thing is physically going on. And so far I have to say, like you said, Elizabeth Hasselback, who, Apparently went on Survivor and then was starving and then never felt so good because... Because she had celiac disease. And so that might be what my problem is. <laughs> well, it's the anecdote I always go back to um, because, one, your deep, abiding hate love for Elizabeth Hasselbeck. So it's really it's really ironic. Yep. But, yeah. My hope. She, she, was, <laughs> she was always athletic and she said she went on Survivor. Everyone mm-hmm. else was dying and they're, like, eating, like, chicken feathers or whatever right. the fuck they do on mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I feel great. I've never felt better. And she realized that a lot of the things she was eating, I guess, were making her exhausted when you have celiac disease. I mean, it gives you brain fog. I mean, it, we don't know how, how hardcore yours is and it could be anything. It could be leaky gut. It could be... You know, you, your gut flora could just be messed up. I mean, your gut is your second brain. There's a million things. We're going to try to do process of elimination. Mm-hmm. I can say this, that um, the energy level is not being affected. It's that That's the telltale. That's the telltale. Every, uh, every I'm time inca- we eat. Incapacitated. Yeah. Incapacitated. Every time we eat. You feel, incapacitated. You feel nause- nauseous. You need to lay down. It's not happening now. Yeah. And on Survivor... They ate rice and listen, well, rice you know, if, the re- if the, that's what I'm saying, if the yeah. rest of my life or whatever, except for when we go out to special dinners where it's whatever. But I'm like, if I just if I have to just eat like protein and rice or protein and potatoes or yeah. whatever, I'm we, fine. We have to just see because I've noticed it. Now, I know I've not been done knowing you're gluten intolerant because your ass <laughs> love to get a fake bacon in here. And I'm like, bitch, we will eat an impossible burger. Mm hmm. And in the middle of the burger, you have to go to have IBS. Yes. In the, you got, I have to take a that, break. I that's go true. I'm like, now that's the middle. It's like the second it hits. The second it hits. 
And so, now we've been you know. going out to special dinners all summer. Yes. Because we've been footloose and COVID-free with yep. Leah. And yep. that train has come to a swift end. Yeah. We got off at Delta Stop. We're we like, did, this yeah. is our stop. <laughs> and we'll see you later, Leah. Best of luck to you in Florida. Yeah. The, the de- it's no joke. I'm just, yeah, exactly. But... It's too bad. I have a package of fake bacon in there, and I, know. I don't know what I'm going to do gonna with it. I'm going to take that with me. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, I don't know either. It's like, well, there's we'll also re- some turkey bacon in there, and I cannot wait to eat it. Yeah, because now, <laughs> now you're just like, well, I have to. Eat, I just have to. I have to eat the real meat. Yep. What we're going to see, we're going to see. I think it has a lot to do with, uh, like, high fat, rich. Like, I don't think you can handle like a fat situation. And God knows, you will eat sour cream <laughs> like it's yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure oh, your, I'm so not sure good. your body can process like God. like you know mm, mm, saturated mm, mm. fat like that. I guess not. I we'll guess see. I guess not. We're gonna do. I'm well, gonna be your dietitian. I'm, we're gonna do the okay. test. We're mm-hmm. gonna have a little journal. Then we're gonna fill it out. Now, one of our very favorite Patreon booze, Christopher Matoyer. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love that fucking name. Yeah. Sent us an updated. Christopher Matoya was walking his dog, and it rang, You know, now you're trying that to do song. Christopher Robin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I was trying to think like Heavens to Murgatroyd. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> yeah, what's that from? <laughs> Isn't that the the Jetsons? Yes, yeah, the Jetsons. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> what are you doing here? Heavens to. And what the fuck does that mean, Murgatroyd? We could say Heavens to Matoyer. Heavens to Matoyer. <laughs> yeah. And who said it? The fucking dad? That thing. I think it was oh. the, the the little leprechaun, the, the, little alien. The robot? Wasn't the, it? Oh, the, wait. The robot was their housekeeper. Right. I could have sworn it it's was. It's got to be the Jetsons or the Flintstones. Okay. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> By the way, it's with a D. Matoyer droid. Oh, it's nope. not. Okay. It's the characteristic catchphrase of Snagglepuss used to express disbelief or utter bitter world. So that Snagglepuss wasn't even the Jetsons. It's Snagglepuss. But maybe he'd guest starred on the Jetsons because sometimes they I did that it. in the old. That's true. Well, heavens to Matoyard. Um, Christopher Matoyer is, he is the star, one of the main stars of our Drug Dem Bulletin Board. So even though <laughs> he has sent us an updated picture postcard, which we always appreciate because there would be no, there would only be 14 pictures on here if people didn't send us updated <laughs> pictures. So Christopher, mm. you're looking very handsome, mm. very handsome in your Kelly Green knit. Mm. But there is no way in fucking Murgatroyd hell we are taking down that old picture of you in your fur hat and your yellow tinted Harry Potter glasses, your white Fila jacket Mm -hmm. with logos standing on a balcony in New York. No, 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 no. It's an iconic photo. It's so iconic. And this is true, Memo. You can attest. I thought that he was one of the handful of imposters that we have on the drug den bulletin board. (laughs) Like he wasn't a real person. That he didn't really listen. And, and, Mm. but he's not, he's real. He is real. And that's what happens when you do drugs in front of a huge board of pictures. You create (laughs) false narratives based on paranoia and eventually become QAnon. That's right. And I'll tell you this, the Fila tracksuit is going to happen. Yeah. And now on the Patreon, we, we had to revisit. um, And you were like, we, I brought up his tracksuit and you're like, we're going to, you're going to get it. Yeah. We're going to send him a picture of you in a fur hat with Harry Potter, (laughs) tinted yellow Harry Potter glasses. We're going to send it to him and he's going to have to put it on his fridge. Yep. He is. I really want to thank you, Christopher, for snapping me out of my QAnon paranoia. I'm so happy you're real. 
I'm so happy. I couldn't be happier. No kidding. Well, here's what Christopher wrote on the back of his picture postcard. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, just wanted to send an updated picture for the drug den. Since I sent my last picture in the Fila jacket, high as a kite, there's been a pandemic, a race war, an insurrection, and now Bill Cosby's free. But hey, I've gotten deep into the diet since stay at home and lost 100 pounds. Christopher, so there's that. Y'all keep me sane. Loyal Original 14, Chris Matoyer. Tethered Chris on Twitter. P.S. I love when y'all talk. BB. A hundred pounds. What an asshole. I'm you so fuck. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> I am so inspired. This is part of, I'm on a, we're on the journey. Christopher Mentor, I'm going to, I'm going to use you. I've yep. got you now and I've got Will Smith. Yep. The we journey is real. We haven't even checked in with Will Smith and his journey. He hasn't fucking put anything up. Oh, okay. This. Well, we've got Tethered Chris. Uh, we like to call him Christopher. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's sexier to use like a whole name. A full name. Yeah. yeah like, I you like know, like name. my friend Jess. I always will call her Jessica. Oh, good. I like a full name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Jessica, no. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited by Christopher and your new Fila jacket. It's great. And his 100 pound weight loss. Mm, and amazing. He's, it, could he be the old, single amazing. only individual in the entire um, United States of America that got deep into his diet in the pandemic? Yeah, because everyone else gained 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So I certainly did. That's incredible. So, I don't know. I mean, that's it is incredible. It's 100% incredible. That's why it's so inspiring. I mean, now last <sighs> but not least, mm. one of our Patreon subscribers and B sent us a huge care package from China. Hello. Hello. Okay. So many treats in this care package. And it was crazy. Okay. She says, Dear Julian Brandy, please accept this gift of weird shit I've collected here in China, where I live and work. I was out shopping one day, listening to the Patreon, and decided to pick up some things that may or may not be gross. And if nothing else, it could be a segment for Julie Eats Something Weird live on the Patreon podcast. So, enclosed are some snacks, the ever-patriotic noodle bowls, and chopsticks, and notebooks. The rest of the trinkets are mostly gifts from visitors that I found sitting on a shelf in the office while I was packing the box. I thought it was a good opportunity to re-gift. My favorite random item is the Eric Garcetti pen set. When the hell did he come here? I don't know. These things have been in the office for a while. Your tax dollars coming back to you. Finally, while I was in Shanghai recently, I came upon the classic Shanghai cosmetic brand, Modern Lady. <laughs> And as a modern lady myself, I decided to treat myself and pick some up for you. Finally, a random thought on one of the recent Patreons regarding the loot and other Renaissance topics got me thinking about Julie as a traveling minstrel wearing a jester's cap and tights, kicking up her little leprechaun heels, yep. playing a lute with her powerful hands. Grip <laughs> strength, please. And spreading her vocal stylings about the countryside with her merry band of singers. I'm picturing Brandy with the dogs and Dumpling as her trick animal act. Ooh, you would also have a horse-drawn tiny house of a sort, like the travelers of ye old. Like the medicine. <clears throat> yeah, ma ma like how in Robin Hood or whatever, they'd have that. Like he drives in Django at first when he's pretending he's like right. a dentist. Yeah, I right. love that thing yep. he drives. That's he... the dental carriage. Yeah, yeah. Just a plot thought you can use if you want. Anyways, I'm sending this around Julie's birthday, but due to the COVIDs and our mail system, I don't know when it will arrive to you. I'm confident the French will let you know. Please enjoy the snacks if you can. One of the 14 $2 Patreoner and part of the group. P.S. No picture now. I'm sending a postcard one. It may arrive before this. P.P.S. Ah, Brandy equals love child of J.Lo and Leah Remini. Aboo. Thank you, Anne. I mean, Eric Garcetti can go ahead and stay in China if he if he's visiting there. Um, the 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 treats were amazing, and I have to say, we went to China. 
in 2019 yeah. after the after the aforementioned strip club trip. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really bring back anything. And so I'm glad I was like pretty stoked to get all these treats. And I mean, because yeah. we, I, I, I realized we brought most of our, our souvenirs were from Japan. Right. So I right. was pretty stoked. Right. It's fun. We may do right, right. a Julie eating challenge as we love to do on the Patreon yeah. with, with these treats because they do look weird. I mean, not the noodle bowls, <laughs> yeah, but the, you know. Yeah, there are un, 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 don't know what they are yeah, yeah. treats. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but Anne, again, we insist we have a picture of you for the Drug Den Bulletin Board. Yeah. AKA our podcast room. We're right. looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. We need it. We will not accept gifts without a picture in here. Yeah. Except we did accept your gift and we will. And also, I hope a lot of people <laughs> listen to the Patreon while they go shopping because that's what led to this big care package. Oh, that's a, mm, yes, wonderful. Okay, now it's time for JoJo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. JoJo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. JoJo and Kiki. I'm going to let you have it. JoJo and Kiki. All right. So this week, the most important thing going on with Jojo and Kiki is the stupid fucking bipartisan infrastructure bill, and they don't even have any control over it whatsoever. Now, we've been talking about the American Jobs Infrastructure Bill on this podcast since April. It was supposed to be Joe Biden's second big piece of legislation after the America First COVID relief bill. He sat down with Kamala Harris and all the department heads in his administration, and they came up with a sweeping bill that not only included roads and bridges and public transportation, but also included a huge nationwide broadband upgrade, a large investment in green energy, tax breaks for families with children, and improving pay and working conditions for caregivers. The whole thing was going to cost $2 trillion, and they were going to pay for it all by raising the U.S. corporate tax rate, increasing the global minimum corporate tax rate, and closing all the tax loopholes currently being enjoyed by Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Apple, Tesla, Morgan Stanley, Verizon, AT&T, Disney, Netflix, all the airlines, (laughs) all the banks, and every Uh single other corporation that exists in this entire country. (laughs) The Biden infrastructure bill was nothing short of revolutionary. We were so excited about it here. Mm -hmm. Not that we ever thought it would fucking pass, but we did because we knew they had one more bill they could pass under reconciliation. So we were hoping Mm -hmm. it would have helped so many struggling people, though, and empowered too many non-white people. (laughs) So the Republicans lost their minds. (laughs) And more importantly, it would have done it all with the money from corporations. So they went ahead and got out their checkbooks and promptly began buying every Republican (laughs) in the Senate and two very cheap discount Democrats, Kirsten Sinema from Arizona and Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Without the support of all 50 Democrats in the Senate, Biden's American jobs bill couldn't pass. And those two pandering corporate shit fucks made it clear that they would not vote for a party line bill. They claimed that they wanted a bipartisan bill that Republicans would vote for. But it's bullshit. They've been the barrier to progress since the day the Democrats won the majority in the Senate. And I'm quite sure they've gotten rich doing it. Because make no mistake, they claim to be Democrats. Yet they voted against raising the minimum fucking wage in the COVID relief bill. That's not a Democrat. That's a corporate shill getting kickbacks to do their dirty work. 
Every single thing that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema vote for in Congress can be traced directly back to the best interest of the corporations. They try and couch it under the guise of bipartisanship, but that's not what it is. They don't care about bipartisanship. They don't care about Democrats, and they don't care about Republicans. They care only about their high-dollar corporate donors, and they advance the agenda of their high-dollar corporate donors every chance they get. It's true. Just look up their fucking voting records. Or go ahead and Google the call where Joe Manchin literally got caught talking to a Republican donor about how he was doing the best he could with the infrastructure bill, but he's not going to be able to keep justifying voting against the filibuster after the Republicans voted down the January 6th commission. The man got caught on tape whining to a donor about his constant cock blocking starting to look obvious. Uh, and it is obvious. They're both garbage cans. But I'll be sentencing Kirsten Cinema and her corporate jizz thirst to rotten, holy, heterosexual hell in the next segment. So for now, it's just important to know that they were the two rotted Democrats who got paid off to cockblock the Biden infrastructure bill. And then with them, you have your basic fake centrist Republicans who also get paid by the corporate lobby. And then when there's a Republican president or the Republicans control the Senate, the fake centrist Republicans take money from the Democratic lobby. Ay, because, yes, Democrats have an agenda, too. And they pay piece of shit lobbyists to pay piece of shit fake centrist Republicans to advance said agenda. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. But one thing they always do is stand in the way. It's the cornerstone of these wow. fuckers. Yep. It's the cornerstone. Yep. They get paid just to just to cock block. Yep. That's what they all do. Mm hmm. The one thing they all have in common is a desert level thirst. <laughs> they end up in the middle for the money, but best believe they stay in the middle for the attention. <laughs> mm -hmm. They are all super fucking annoying and they are all working on an alternative bipartisan infrastructure bill to replace the one the Biden administration originally wrote. So on the fake Democratic <laughs> thirst bucket side, You've got Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, and then there's also John Tester from Montana who fancies himself a sensitive Democrat cowboy, <laughs> but he also voted against the minimum wage increase, and he can fuck himself in the Montana horse he rode in on. <laughs> and on the fake Republican thirst bucket side, you've got Susan Collins from Maine, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, Mitt Romney from Utah, and Rob Portman from Ohio. Right. So those seven assholes got together with 13 other frauds, seven more Democrats and six more Republicans, to form a bipartisan group that supposedly worked out a new bipartisan infrastructure bill. Kirsten Cinema, though, she was on record saying she thought JoJo and Kiki's original bill was too expensive. And she was the point person for Joe Biden to quote unquote negotiate with. As in, he told her the things in the bill that were absolutely non-negotiable. So then Kristen Dushima took those non-negotiables back to the bipartisan group organizing the bill. I, it just, it's just the fact that she was even in there. I know, just, the fact that she yeah, was in there just, and that she was the one. First, it starts with Joe Manchin, and now it's her. It's the awful. level that she fucking burrowed in there, and then they have to go through her is yeah. repugnant. And he tried not to. He was working with a different six fucking thirst bucket assholes. And then when that fell through, he had to go back to her and Rob Portman, who mm -hmm. had been quietly still working. And the level that it was. That he had to pander to her. It makes my skin crawl. Yep. Hot sake for lunch read the call out in the White House press briefing. She read the call out just to prove to everyone that Biden was like playing ball on the bipart. And I'm just like, F the fact that Kirsten Cinema is holding that many cards just it's like, I don't know how we sleep at night. I really don't. Mm -mm. OK, so the main deal that Joe Biden made 
with these people is that the original Biden bill would be separated into two separate bills. And this is confusing. So just fucking let's just get into it. One bill would be purely physical infrastructure. That's the bill that we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. The bipartisan infrastructure bill is just purely physical infrastructure. So basically, the Democrats in that bill are insisting on nationwide broadband Internet, focusing on major upgrades in the poor and rural areas who currently have terrible, if any, Internet service at all. And a huge investment in green energy, of course, because what would they do without 14 Tesla charging stations at Whole Foods? <laughs> the Republicans, for their rotted contribution, mainly want to privatize roads and bridges and electric grids so they can make money on all of us who are just living. And then when they don't take care of said items and the power lines cause a fire or China hacks the power grid or climate change freezes every single thing, rendering it useless, they can then turn around and run to the government for a bailout. Also a cornerstone. The bipartisan physical infrastructure, physical infrastructure bill, or traditional infrastructure, as Joe Manchin loves saying, traditional right. infrastructure, correct infrastructure. That's what infrastructure means. Traditional infrastructure bill will cost $1 trillion over five years. It will include roads, bridges, public transportation, power grid, and water line upgrades. But we'll skip the ins and outs and what have yous due to the fact that the bill, as it stands now, is currently on the Senate floor being debated. Meaning it will certainly evolve and change, and we don't have the energy to go through each concession for no reason. And by the way, that's if it goes through at all. The main Democratic caveat, like I said before, to this whole stupid fucking Republican pander thirst circus, <laughs> is that the Democrats in the House and the Biden administration will only play ball on the bipartisan infrastructure bill as long as there is the second separate bill that includes all of the human infrastructure line items, which apparently, according to Joe Manchin, are not traditional infrastructure right. and don't mm -hmm. count. Right. Shit like quality of life and pay raises for caregivers, investments in affordable housing, free child care, and the massive corporate tax hike to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin made some kind of verbal agreement with Biden's team and the progressive House Democrats that they would indeed move forward on the separate human infrastructure bill if the progressive House Democrats agreed to move forward on the first bipartisan physical traditional infrastructure bill, the one that's now right now on the Senate floor. Mm -hmm. So this has currently turned into a shitty game of chicken, of course, because no one trusts the other side to do what they agreed to do in the first place. So now it's just a back and forth of, well, are you going to do it? Well, are you going to do it? Are mm -hmm. you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Exactly. And they love to throw around it being bipartisan. And of course, the first person to renege on the deal is professional gay liar and calculated sociopath Kirsten Cinema. After hearing that the human infrastructure package that the House is working on will come to a cost of $3.5 trillion, Kirsten Cinema tweeted that she would not support something that large. Bitch! You made a deal with progressive Democrats and Joe Biden, and you're already fucking reneging. You're such a fucking liar, cunt face! We hate you! <sighs> I'm sorry, but I can't. Even Joe Manchin and John Tester, who are pandering cumtwats, said they will absolutely move forward on the first step of advancing the writing of the human infrastructure package as per their original verbal agreement with Biden. And then they'll look at what's in the first draft of the bill and go from there in terms of renegotiating. It's, if, uh, it's what they fucking agreed to. They made a deal in his office. They made a deal. We never needed to do anything bipartisan. We never needed to do it. We needed all 50 votes in the Senate to pass the original giant thing. And those two 
fuckers wouldn't vote for it. Mm -hmm. So they sat there and made a deal, and now she's already going back on it. You know what? Kirsten Cinema is like Susan Collins mixed with Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. All the thirst of Susan Collins being the key person in the middle that everyone needs on their side, plus the mercenary Machiavellian Mitch McConnell energy of stopping every single road to progress are helping people. She's a despicable human being, and we will not hear anyone's notes on the matter. She is worse than Mitch McConnell because she's a wolf in sheep's clothing. She doesn't even have the balls to show up as a wolf. She's so gross, and this entire episode is really dedicated to her grossness because after this, I'm about to go off more on her grossness. Good. Um, there's not enough. There's not th enough time th in the day. There's there not enough time there in the day. Enough, there, there aren't enough rude words in the rude word dictionary. There aren't. And believe me, <laughs> I had to delete many of them or else we'd be canceled and fired. Now, of course, all the Republicans in her home state of Arizona have a hard on for her fucking Mitch McConnell gridlock strategy. The Arizona newspaper wrote an article with the headline, Senator Kirsten Cinema doesn't support Democrats' $3.5 trillion bill clinches bipartisan infrastructure deal. To which Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted a reply directly to Kirsten Cinema and said, Good luck tanking your own party's investment on childcare, climate action, and infrastructure while presuming you'll survive a three-vote House margin, especially after choosing to exclude members of color from negotiations and calling that a bipartisan accomplishment. Thumbs up, thumbs up. The two thumbs up really did it for me. I mean, yeah. she at mentioned her on Twitter. She owned her on Twitter. I'm sorry. And I don't really could go in for like a lot of AOC's bullshit, but like two thumbs up. Well, I have to two say, I have to say also, she was the first one to point out or really wake me up to the fact that Kirsten Cinema is more concerned with what Republicans want than what any of the progressive or centrist or any of the Democratic Party wants. And that it possibly could have been um, and more inclusive to add, yeah, people of color and some women and some people within your yeah. own party to talk through what and why and how and how why this is so great and why this is good. But no, 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 nee, nee, na, na. She had to go over to the Republican side, which we'll get into later. But she's a liar. She's a liar. She's a fucking liar. It's just like Erica Tour said, I, the people in Arizona who voted for her because she was running as a Democrat when she's actually an independent, but right. she's actually a Republican. Exactly. Must feel mm. so fucking betrayed. Oh, it's I, beyond. I, yeah, yeah. It is beyond. No wonder people don't trust this white people don't trust their elected officials. Right. Don't trust the government. She's oh, they're I mean, I'm excited for the ruling. I must say if I said to you, I am so hungry, I'm, I'm I'm starving, actually, I'm starving and I need food right now. And I I I I, I, I I'm going to need like like a lot of food. Like I have a fam. I need food. I need food, not just like a, 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 a raisin, but I need like food. And then I go, so it's going to cost like $500 a week for me to like feed me and my family or whatever. And then you go, my God, I absolutely understand. Yes, we're going to get that for you. Oh, you know what though? 500, that's too much. And I don't know that everyone needs three meals a day. And also I don't really agree. And you know, let me talk to some people. I'm going to talk to somebody. Now these guys over here think that you should have, and these guys over here think that even though everyone over here thinks that they agree and they're, you need to just have the food because we have the money to pay for it. But these guys don't think that you should have it because you haven't worked enough really for yeah, it. You, and you yeah, also just you like, worked hard enough you've for eaten food. other food. And also we really want more food than you and yeah we don't want to have to pay for your food we absolutely don't want to pay for your food so it's important to respect 
it's really important to respect that these people don't want to pay for your food and don't and think you to, deserve any and don't think you deserve any while understanding that we of course we of course we think you of course we we agree with you but we have to respect the fact that these people don't so we're going to try and work with them can you fucking imagine no you don't need to fucking respect everybody's opinion. Sometimes you go, you're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. And don't wrong. say you're a Democrat when you vote against raising minimum wage, you dumb cunt. <laughs> you know what? This whole fucking thing, and in turn, this whole fucking segment is all just one big waste of time because our queen, Speaker of the House, Nance Pelosi, made it crystal clear that the bipartisan infrastructure bill will not even see the House floor for a vote until... The Human Infrastructure Reconciliation Bill passes the Senate. And as the Speaker of the House, what Nance <laughs> Pelosi says goes. Now it's time for Judge Julie. Court is now in session. Thank you, Ashley Ryder, for Julie's gavel. Yeah, I for, love it. For Judge Julie's I gavel. I love it. Dun, 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 dun. Now that's a real gavel, everybody. A real gavel. <laughs> it's dusty. Gavel, it's gavel. Real. It's real. <laughs> gavel, gavel. Okay. All rise. All sit. All get ready for the coolest judge in town. Not really. <laughs> She's not really a judge. She's just judgmental. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, bailiff Brandy. Hi. Hey guys, welcome to my courtroom. If you like what you see here today, click subscribe and make sure you check out my new palette. What's a palette? My new palette, my new legal palette, you know, makeup palette. Makeup oh, it's palette. makeup. I thought you meant like a legal pad. So what, you're going to have like eyeshadows and That's gray, right. Grays. We're going to have blues and reds and oranges <laughs> and blacks and grays and browns. Everything you'd see in the legal community. No, you don't see any of that. Well, sure you do. You see it in the uh, uh, an orange jumpsuit oh. or a blue boy in blue or whatever. <laughs> oh, a boy in blue. Like yes. a, a cop. Right. Okay. So you're going to call it like boy in blue or... I, I'm going to call it legalpalette.zoom. No, I mean the the, the makeup oh, itself. Oh, and when you open it, it'll be like boy in blue, lady in orange. Not guilty. Inmate. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Not guilty. Guilty. I object. I object. Good one. That one's that one will be white. All right. Now, of course, also look out for my new line of prison fashion wear, which is totally unisex, non-gender specific conforming, contains no pronouns and isn't even clothes. It is just you sleeping and dreaming about wearing clothes. <laughs> OK, let's get started. Now, who do we have on the docket today? Ah, uh, yes. She who will not be named. But I guess we have to name you, which severely annoys me because to give you any more attention that you already demand is already enough of a crime on its own. You, miss, are the thirstiest, and I mean the thirstiest, the thirstiest person to ever serve in the United States 
Congress since the inception of this country, and I include Thomas Jefferson, that thirst trap, and though we never really hear that much of him, you know this queen was such an annoying bug nut of his time, John Hancock. Yeah, like, I was about to say, it's clearly yes. John Hancock, motherfucker need to do the giant signature. Exactly, like nice, humongous <laughs> signature dick, way to really pull focus, just like you, the defendant sitting before us today in, now let's see what we're wearing today in order to act like you're quirky and liberal and earthy and different mm. a bright orange skirt fuchsia tank top large pearls and chunky heels from the 90s Ooh, and a purple pocketbook oh my god everyone she's so cool she must be so different she wears a lot of really big loud ostentatious patterns too which is just vulgar and disrespectful to fucking Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. It's like, take a gander at Nance Pelosi. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry to intervene, no, but please bail Brandy, bail Brandy. Go on. And take a fucking note. You garbage style, <laughs> disgusting troll. I agree. I agree. We all fucking agree. And since she's a member of the LGBTQ community, yeah, she came out as bisexual. She must be liberal or at least not a pandering jizz painting. And no, I'm not bringing up what you're wearing because I'm sexist or normally care what people wear. I am. <laughs> she's a low budget, legally blonde tool and she shouldn't be dressing like that and the only reason she's dressing like that is to get attention if you want attention then go down to walmart and walk around your big flower shirt <laughs> this is exactly right because when you actively set yourself apart and thirst around draining everyone's eyeballs for attention <laughs> it is worth pointing out and so is your stupid fucking sexuality since it's now clear the only reason you came out if you really are bisexual is to use the lgbtq community to your advantage and exploit us so you could get to Congress just to suck more Republican dick. In 2009, <laughs> Kirsten Cinema, you wrote a book called Unite and Conquer, How to Build Coalitions That Win and Last. And that sounds good from anyone that isn't you, only the title of the book should be called Thirst and Suck, How to Pander and Gaslight and Suck Up to the Republicans and Look Like You're Coalition Building, but you're really not. You're just an attention-seeking ocean of thirst that will never be quenched as long as people have attention spans and you're breathing. Kirsten Cinema, who was elected to Congress last year as a Democrat, who ran on liberal values and her bisexual identity, historically became a Democratic senator, which is insane since Arizona is a full-on red state. And we were all so happy that this quirky lady is sitting in the Arizona seat as a Democrat. Little did we know, she's actually a living, breathing monster. Your thirst, your gaslighting, your bullshit, your fake quirkiness, and your all-around hideous fucking attitude were on full view when you pranced down the aisle of Congress during the vote to raise the minimum wage on a coronavirus emergency package, which not only would have helped people during the lockdown, but it included a $15 an hour minimum wage for working Americans. And in your mind, what was some sort of rebel John McCain-like amazing moment and statement, you literally voted no to a minimum wage increase by twirling your thumb down like the stupid fucking tone-deaf, self-aggrandizing, self-centered, childish, immature, joyous asshole that you are. And that set you speeding down the cunt course you're on now, faster than a Daytona 500 racist magatard. But why would you do that? And to be fair, it wasn't just you. It wasn't. It was seven other asshole Democrats voted no on it as well. Only they didn't thirst bucket the way you always do. And the reason you didn't like it, because it was just too overreaching and expensive. And you didn't want to add the minimum wage increase to the coronavirus package. And it wasn't going to be bipartisan enough for you. 
which leads to now and your entire life's goal mission and bullshit thesis in life by partisan the problem is miss cinema it's clear that you're as deeply bipartisan as you are bisexual deal with it dabble away dabble all you want and hey we should all be a little bipartisan absolutely just like we should all be a little bisexual we need to be open to the other side and honestly if someone truly truly could love both sexes equally maybe this world would be better off and if you were truly bisexual you would be way more center and way more understanding of inequality since you'd see both sides which is why your bi bullshit is now ringing absolutely clear you have single-handedly, along with your butt buddy, Joe Manchin, stopped the use of the filibuster, which has now made it impossible for Democrats to get anything done. And then you've gone even further and are stopping the infrastructure and reconciliation bills, literally because of you and your bipartisan bullshit mission. You. Now, I'm not going to get too deep since we already, we already, we already talked about it <laughs> too late for the whole episode. <laughs> I don't want to get the ins and outs of how you've obstructed every single thing that could be helpful to this country while couching it in bipartisanship and working togetherness, since I'm going to get to my judgment and my ruling. And basically all the previous crimes lead up to this bipartisan bullshit crime anyway. And you know what? Shame on all of us who didn't see it coming. You told us in 2009 with your dumbass book, you're so intent on coalition building and working together that it has surpassed that vision. And now you're obsessed with you being the one to bring all these different people together, but they're not coming together. They're being forced to capitulate to the other side or else nothing will happen. Compromise and working together doesn't mean surrendering to a side that you know is not only wrong, but has actively worked for the past 12 to 13 years to obstruct and stop and vocally say they do not and will not work with you. Mitch McConnell has made it clear. The Republicans have made it clear. It is their mission to block and stop anything Democrats want and shut down an agenda that will help any but themselves and you. You, Miss Bipartisan, are acting like you're some bridge to troubled water when you're just a fucking cum dumpster load queen who can't get enough of her own greatness. You make me sick. You make this court sick. You're worse than any man that's currently in Congress. And it kills me to say that, believe me, you are beyond a disappointment. You're a betrayer of women, a betrayer of the LGBTQ community. You're full of shit. And honestly, we would all respect you more if you just came out as a Republican who sometimes dabbles in democracy. But for now, we all know who you are and this court finds you guilty guilty of thirst bucketry of the highest order guilty of being a gaslighting pandering ex exploitative succubus guilty of deception and awful style guilty of attention seeking to the point of destruction guilty of power mongering guilty of lying guilty of arrogance tone deafness selfishness and before i wrap up i want to add this court believes you're being paid and not only do you drink your own disgusting kool-aid but i think you have a little help from some of your rich republican and corporate friends who are very very happy with the job that you're doing so let's add guilty of corruption and you're just all around guilty of all the people that have come into my court barring rapists and murderers you are the worst I will marry Lindsey Graham and have a million of his closet case babies than ever be in a room with you. I can't stand looking at you or hearing your wretched fucking voice. You're guilty of six million counts of being guilty. And so basically you're sentenced to just getting the fuck out of our faces. You're fired from the Senate. Get out of public life. Go where you truly belong as a corporate lobbyist, corporate communications director, or just a professional dick sucker. Oh, also... You're banished from this country and you have to go live on the same island that Lily Tomlin, Dolly Parton, and Jane Fonda sent Dabney Coleman to live on in 9 to 5. I hope you're able to wake up from your demented and sociopathic dreamscape. But until then, just get the fuck out of our lives. Court is adjourned.
Now it's time for So There's That. So this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the endless COVID war, climate war, and culture war casserole that we are all constantly cooking in. She hates doing it, not only because she'd rather be yelling about self-aggrandizing fake Democrat thirst bucket twats, but also because finding a ray of light in today's turbulent times is fucking impossible. And this bitch has been doing it every single week for four and a half years and you deserve all the credit for that ma'am because that's real that's real that's like like 52 weeks in a year that's basically (laughs) like you've done it basically over 250 so there's that i defy anyone to find 10 you know what I mean? 250 you've done. Well, I So would... let's hear what bullshit you came up with this week. <laughs> well, if it wasn't for you, I definitely would have given it up. So one of the things we've discussed here over and over and over again, of course, is criminal justice reform uh, and the utter and contemptible fact that we have a severe incarceration problem and the United States seems to love putting black men in particularly in jail and keeping them there for some pretty inconsequential shit. Coincidentally, this problem goes hand in hand with poverty, lack of opportunity for communities, drug addiction, white male dominance, and of course, just good old fashioned racism. I, of course, am not saying I don't love vengeance, revenge, justice, and making someone pay for despicable crimes against humanity, particularly crimes against women, children, and animals. But unless you as a victim or your family or friend doesn't take the law into their own hands, I do think given the right environment, program, and opportunity, a person has the ability to truly repent and change and use whatever trauma drove them to the dark side to inform and educate and be able to be part of the change and determination to succeed and be a better person. I can only imagine what being in prison does to someone, though. And though I'm sure it churns out even bigger killers and criminals, I do think it has the possibility of birthing, for lack of a better term, a reborn. Now, our incarceration prison punishment system, however, absolutely lacks rehabilitation and sorting out those individuals who are capable for change, human empathy, understanding, and the ability to become a participating member of society, so it feels like a lost cause. I think as much as it's important for punishment, for the most part, the sentences never fit the crime, and the crimes are never dissected, really, when it comes to people of color, for the most part. The system offers no help. And when a kid of 17 commits murder on the street of another guy in the neighborhood because they're in some drug fight, I'm sorry, that's not the same as an adult point blank shooting up a church or a man killing his wife or children. Oh, so true. Same goes for women, but please. People love being judgmental about people who are incarcerated and without knowing the ins and outs of someone's life, people also love judging and saying they need to be thrown in jail and throw away the key. Let them rot in jail. And I'm guilty of it, believe me. I have all my own heavy, heavy baggage and judgments. And it isn't until you see and meet and hear and watch and are forced to confront actual human beings who, yes, may have done some pretty egregious things, where you really have to take stock of your own life and consider what you're capable of and how you'd want to be treated in a similar state. It's one thing when someone isn't repentant or remorseful or changed or ashamed. Those people can literally die. But there are so many people in prison who are haunted and have taken what they did to transform their lives and work to help other people. 
This is true of the case of Joel Caston, who grew up in Ward 8 of Washington, D.C., where gun violence was prevalent, was a daily occurrence. He started selling drugs at 12. He was homeless by 15. And at 17, he shot another young man in the neighborhood named Rafiq Washington. He was then sentenced to life in prison for first degree murder. That is just absolutely bananas. So he served 28 years of it because of the incredible progress he made throughout his life on top of an amendment passed by Washington, D.C., which reduces sentences for people who committed crimes before the age of 24. So he's going to be paroled very soon. But the more newsworthy thing here is that Joel has spent his time in prison not only trying to better himself all around, but he also became active politically. Now, in most states, incarcerated people are not allowed to vote. But Washington, D.C. changed that. While this guy was in jail, while he's been in prison, he earned a GED, he led a jail newspaper, he started a mentoring unit, he became a published author, he wrote papers on criminal justice reform, he took courses at Georgetown, he became a financial literacy instructor, and last month, he ran for city council and he won. He is the very first incarcerated person to ever be elected to a public office, more specifically for the Advisory Neighborhood Commissioner of District 7F07 in Southeast D.C. Now, is that where the prison is located? That is where the prison is located. And then the prisoners inside this prison are allowed to vote. They are so allowed to vote. he campaigned around the prison. He campaigned around the prison. And that he is, is now an advocate for that prison he's and like now literally they'll be able to vote for their rights too. right like right you know because yeah. he's gonna wow this is that's a, incredible this isn't a maximum security facility this is a, this is a facility of you know it's got you know if you when they show i watched a bunch of videos and it's like they're they're going to classes they have that's great you know what i mean they yeah. have it's like a it's a unit it's a more of a i mean it's a prison it's a minimum security yeah prison. right so he is one of the cases Kim Kardashian got involved with. And she said after meeting him, I found Joel to be intelligent, gracious, respectful, engaging, and inspiring. I've never met him, but I watched a two-minute video and it had me fucking inspired and touched my cold, dead heart. Did she not... Was Kim Kardashian not able to get him released? I don't, th I don't think she got him released, but he is about to be released. Okay. So he won... Well, you know what, Kim? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Get the pardon, Kim. I mean, he won elected office. He is serving this term, which is unpaid. So it's a voluntary position. His job includes overseeing not only his housing unit, but the Harriet Tubman Women's Shelter and a new luxury apartment complex, which is located across the street from the fucking prison. <laughs> okay. I think Joel Caston is a testament to the fact that people are worth something, even through their worst mistakes, crimes, or however you want to couch it. I think he's the perfect example and advertisement for how prisons can really be a place of rehabilitation and change. Yes, punishment. And what but people that you think aren't worth anything, what they will do when they have even a, the tiniest opportunity to do it. And when you feel that you're worth something, you act differently. Yes, punishment, of course. But if we're going to evolve as a society at all, I do think we need to start involving nuance and critical anything to our justice system. The prisons aren't free anyway, and there needs to be severe and serious reform, not just of the way that justice and the law is handed out, but how we deal with people who we as a society feel is our supreme right to incarcerate and judge. It's never ever going to be fair. It's impossible because people will always be judging or have some sort of power over other people. And, an, and an ulterior motive. And an ulterior yeah. motive. And an agenda. And yeah. if you're getting paid, if you're making money at all, 
it's just never going to be fair. But maybe there's a way to make it fairer and have the punishment fit the crime and the crime should fit the person. And you know what? Since we're living in a time of such freaking insufferable victimhood and triggered self-righteous mental health, desperate compassion, thirst, this should be a no-brainer. Why are we more concerned about a gymnast who dropped out than dropped back into an Olympic competition and so worried about her mental health more than we are for people who could possibly be saved and are worth caring about their mental health and lives, who are fucking sitting in a prison or in a yeah. neighborhood where they can't make any money or have no opportunity? Like... I'm sorry. Joel Caston is an inspiration and gives me hope not only that a person can make changes and do better in their life, not to mention this person who is so active politically and feels so strongly about helping other people, particularly underserved communities, is the future of reform. I am excited to see what he will accomplish and inspire in people when he's out of prison and is able to reach so many more people with his message and his advocacy. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Yay. Thank you guys for listening. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you haven't signed up for our Patreon podcast yet, go over to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and check it out. We do two extra hour long podcasts per week and they are not about politics ever. They're just fun, random, offensive, tone-deaf, inappropriate, <laughs> drug-addled, drunken manifestos with no ads, no structure, and there's never any pressure to join the Patreon or to up your pledge amount or leave reviews or anything. We never do any calls to action. Ugh, you mean like, hey guys, welcome back to my <laughs> channel. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe if you like what you see here. We're going to spend the first 15 minutes <laughs> talking about me and my channel and what you should be doing before we get into the actual content. And all I'm looking for is how to set up the Zoom H6 handicap and how to do it right yes. and how to put the SD card in, but I have to suffer for 15 minutes about your channel. No, more like, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to sign up for our Patreon podcast at <laughs> www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. You can choose to pledge $1 for one bonus podcast a week or $2 for two bonus podcasts a week. Start with one a week. And if you feel like you want more, then just go in and adjust your pledge amount. It's super easy. Most people who sign up, I'm just going to say, end up signing up for both podcasts a week because our Patreon family has a very specific type of FOMO-induced masochism, <laughs> which is the only thing that would make someone voluntarily go for three hours of our insufferable bullshit yes. every week. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. But if you're not a masochist who suffers from FOMO and you're fine right here listening to our biased political opinions peppered with four or five ads, Sam between a seemingly endless sales pitch for our Patreon podcast, then great! <laughs> but please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We have 1,945 reviews and we want to get to 2,021 reviews by the end of 2021. It's one of our specific goals for the year and we aren't going to shut up about it until we reach it. But the good news is we only need 14 people to leave 76 more reviews. <laughs> and then you'll never have to hear us bug about it again. But you'll still have to hear us bug about the Patreon. Because we'll always bug about that. And you know what? We'll, go, we'll also go back to bugging about the reviews eventually, too. Right, when we set our new goal. Exactly. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Judge Julie. How'd you do, I? See you've met, my 
faithful hand in hand. He's just a little brought down because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you around and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan and he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom.